0: You are listening to the Evolution Exchange podcast UK, melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the UK. I'm James Bryce, I help connect businesses with technical talent. And today, I'm your host. In today's episode, we'll be discussing cyber resilience. I'm fortunate enough to be joined by a fantastic panel, so let's kick off with some introductions. Todd, do you want to kick us off with a brief introduction?
1: Sure, James. Uh, my name is Todd Wade. I am uh, I work in this interim CISO market. I've been in the cybersecurity tech sector for about 20-plus years, uh, and my um, and I primarily focus on financial services and technology companies. So uh, happy to join you today, James. Yeah,
0: brilliant. Have you on, Todd. And Mo? Oh, yeah, sure.
2: Uh, right. Uh, thank you very much uh, for having me on this podcast. Uh, and I'm uh, currently working for uh, uh Cybernetics and the GM and the principal security consultant. I'm known as Mo. Um, I'm a formerly a CISO of a bank. Held senior roles in uh, many other organizations in the past. Um, I've got uh, um, over 26 years of experience in setting up enterprise security programs, risk management programs, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, talk about cybersecurity problems, and then. Uh, we could do some justice for that. So that's about myself. Yeah,
0: great. Now we've done with the introductions, let's kick off some questions. So Todd, your first question to the panel was how should companies approach cyber resilience? So Todd, if you can provide some context around your question please. Um sure. Um I
1: think maybe we we can have a chat about this. Um I think then on the one glaring point that's been on the radar lately is uh, the Ukraine issue and particularly cyber warfare, warfare. and as so far, it really hasn't spread outside of Ukraine, you know, sporadically, but things are getting worse out there. And companies need to start thinking about the resilience. They need to start thinking about, okay, uh, if we do get attacked, uh, do we have our incident response? Do we have our business continuity set up? Do we understand our disaster recovery? How resilient are we to, under- to withstand an attack? Because it's almost, you have to start thinking about this is it's not a question of yes, this, but when. And by companies starting to give this some more thought, by really going through those exercises, they don't want to sit there and, and think about what they're gonna do in the midst of an attack. And you know, this is this is I'm talking about cyber warfare, but this could be under any range of cyber attack. So right now, their overall theme is how can how resilient is your company? And this is a practice that every company, regardless of the size, should be spending some time thinking about. It's an important topic and it's a it's a hard topic. And this is why so many companies don't get it right. And when they get attacked, they sit there and they they discover the hard way that they're not resilient. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear Mo's take on that if you have the insight on that.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. You're. Uh, I mean, uh, I couldn't agree more than that. And this is something that you know uh, companies do uh, uh, still. Uh, uh, lagging on the side of preparing themselves, when something happens, they, they they start regretting. Now, now, what do we do about it? You know, so like you said, it's all about preparing proactively before something happens. So, uh, how organizations are doing it? I, I, of course, we've done it in the past as well, uh, in, in in different other roles, and and try and study, you know, what you need to do, what you what you want to protect against, and you know, if you don't identify something that you need to protect. And you're not going to do your job well, right? So you, you you should understand what are my crown jewels and how I'm going to protect uh, uh, my crown jewels and who are my enemies. So it's it's important that you uh, uh, you 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 practice some sort of a risk management uh, 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 practices in order for you to understand your your risks and threats and vulnerabilities, and then prepare your controls around it once that is done and then you it's it's cyber resilience is something that you don't achieve in day one right so it is it is a journey that one has to practice and then fine tune them optimize them you know uh, uh, like you said you know integration with different other elements such as technology process uh, business continuity planning incident response planning it's all about that but then one can get into that level at, at level one. So it's, it's a journey, like I said. you, you your uh, well said, Todd.
1: Yeah. So I think this is an exercise, but back, back to Mo's great points, uh, to start thinking about as a, on the company level. And there's a number of uh, tools you can use for this. I mean, the f- first, the basic t- is depending on your size, do you have a business continuity managed BCM uh, meeting, uh, set setup, established? So in case of a crisis, you automatically call. Here's another uh, uh here's, here's one that I see companies often get wrong is they don't realize that they don't have their employees' details, their contact details, in a place that will withstand a, an attack. So when things go down, they lose all of their employee contact details, phone numbers. How, how do you how do you contact everyone? I mean, something as simple as that it needs to be thought out in terms of when you're getting attacked and if your systems go down, how do you communicate effectively? What do you say to the press? A whole range of activities that have to be thought through now, because when you're in a heightened emotional state, your decision-making power diminishes greatly. And this is when companies can make some really bad decisions in a heightened emotional state, a state where everyone is, is, is highly energized and highly passionate. And again, they're going to make the wrong decisions in this kind of a state, which is why you have to think about this beforehand instead of in the middle of the crisis.
2: Well said, well said, uh, Todd. Uh, I, could, I could really, uh, you know, go back to some of my uh, previous uh, few roles where uh, we've done quite a lot of work in this business continuity uh, journey with regard to incident response and cybersecurity as a whole. Because, you know, I can understand that organizations want to do a lot of work in terms of cybersecurity controls, uh, protecting against uh, threat actors, uh. uh at the same time, there are other practices do exist in the organization. Like you said, the, the, the business continuity declining, disaster recovery, incident management. And all that is what happens is it, hap- it 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 evolves in a silo basis in organization. So you could you could build up a big, tall towers, so many towers within the organization, but they don't talk to each other and they're not going to achieve the resilience what we talk about. So therefore. This resilience, if somebody has to achieve, an organization has to achieve resilience, then it has to be driven top down. So the organization should understand what are my priorities, what are my goals and the objectives. And then you trickle down to the different levels. You, You get hold of the IT folks, get hold of the security information security folks, business continuity, operational risk the entire risk management. So because we're talking about a common threat here, right? So it is a threat to the organization, not to the IT department, not to the risk management department, it is to the organization. We're talking about the resilience, the survival of that particular business. That's right. And, and we should continue to operate and deliver the services to our customers. And we're not worried about the customers are not worried about this is an IT department, different <laughs> other department, right? So everyone has to come together. So. When you approach this particular resilience from top down, there are different elements coming to play. And there are technology elements that come into play. These are tools, these are essential components of that. And I what I the way I think is the technology component on the other process component are 50-50%. What I mean by that is you there are technologies in place. Of course, we're talking about uh, a corporate company or whether it's, it's SME, it doesn't matter. When it comes to Today's world, when somebody is in the network and in the on- online world, of course, they need protection, right? So, you got to have the firewalls and et cetera, and et cetera. You got to have some detection mechanisms and protection mechanisms, and you know, uh, uh, detection and the response mechanisms, and then the recovery steps that we're talking about. You know, you got to have the right backups taken place on the right time and storing them, storing them in you know, offsites, and etc. From a process point of view, like Todd said, you know, we're talking about business continuity planning. So you, that the IT folks and the, and their side and the business side, the process, they all have to talk to each other, right? And then prepare as an organization, right? And it comes to a crisis, right? So like Todd mentioned that you got to have the right teams in place, got to... When something strike, and then who do they inform for, right? Should we inform the customers without even consulting the CEO? Who is in charge of the crisis? Who is going to communicate? Who is going to talk to the press? Who is my core incident management team? Who is the, who are who are part of my assessment team? All that needs to be looked at and understood well before the event, because crisis comes with less time, right? You can't be thinking about a decision at that point in time. You should have been practicing the past and different simulations and etc., right? And then, when it comes to a situation, this this is the situation that we are in. Here we are. You invoke a team, invoke your crisis management team. This is what is the situation. is the situation. That process has to be well understood by the crisis management team, not only the crisis management team, the whole organization. I mean, it, this is a this is a very interesting topic. Uh, perhaps Todd and, uh, Todd and me can keep keep talking. Uh, Todd, please uh, no, uh, I, put your I, comments I... as well.
1: I'm gonna just just make a big point to whoever's listening to this. Is I know we're talking. It sounds like this is for larger companies, but even for small companies, uh, to do this, it's something as simple as backing up your systems. Now there was a there was an experience a while years ago. I received a, a call from a, a from a managing director. And He had a laptop. And his laptop, he'd been using offline, not connected to his systems, not doing any backups. He had a ton of company information on it. the laptop. Gets stolen one day, and he calls me up and says, "Well, Todd, I need to get—I need, you know, I need a laptop with all my information on." It. Well, guess what? <laughs> you have no backups of your laptop. There's no information. To, you you definitely have no resiliency in that one, uh, period. And so, it's something as simple as that for a small company to do will give them some ability to recover from an account from uh, from an attack. Absolutely. Absolutely. Versus having having nothing if they had no decent backups. Yeah. And under, understanding this. So that, so no matter what the size of the company is, you can take steps, small steps in some cases, to make sure you can recover from attack. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. So. And, and and that reminds me of uh, talking about uh, a small company. Uh, fortunately, in today's world, we've got uh, a service provider that provides you know, services, you know, where we don't need to have an IT department or information security department or the security operations with tools and technology and et cetera, you could perhaps, you know, pay as you go. You you you, you just spend, you know, a, a fixed amount of, uh, you know, pounds for a month and then you get that service. So there are, I mean, today we know that, you know, it's expensive to recruit uh, uh, an experienced information security uh, professional, yeah? So and this we all know that this this is a huge problem in, in in the current market i mean not only in uk but across the world right getting the right people for the right job is is next to impossible right so there are service providers available for even for a small timers with a 10 computers offers uh, there are good amount of technology is available with the service providers that can extend with, I mean, with a very throwaway price, they can avail this service, but still they can be resilient, right? Tomorrow, because today we are completely dependent on technology and we all dependent on internet, right? So... And 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 you, nobody can be complacent about saying that we are not in that business of cyber attack and etc. No, but you are you are you're going to be subject to any time attacks, right? So nobody is exceptional for 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 for, for uh, you know cyber attacks. So anytime it could happen. So if it happens, you don't you don't take the right measures, then you're going to suffer. So even for the SMEs, for that matter, small timers, they could still avail that service without ignoring it, and that's very important because today. I know a lot of people, they don't even look at it because they wait till something happens to them because it, it had never happened to them, right? But still they don't know. They perhaps they could have been already compromised, which they might even find out at a later stage, right? So it's important even for the SMEs, you know, it, the solution is with the with their reach. No,
0: fair enough. Yep. Yep. Brilliant. Thanks for that insight. I think great, great question start off with that thought. Next up, we have Mo's first question, which reads, how can you effectively manage cyber resilience efforts by reducing the time to detect, respond and recover and to stay in business? So Mo, if you could provide some context around this question, please.
2: Beautiful. Now this is this is what we were talking about because this is an area uh, it's it, it it combines a huge area of technology and processes right now if I have to have an an efficient efficient detection and a response mechanism I need to have a, a methodical approach to resilience I can't be I can't be doing things sporadically right so when I when I say that I if I had to do that. Uh, 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 to achieve a highest level of resilience, I need to understand my who are my threat actors, what are my threats that exist for, to, to, to uh, you know that is faced by my business today, right? So because I'm serving the company, my business objectives are X, Y, Z. This is what we we sell to our customers. So these are my these are my threats, these are my risks that I have. And then I looked at the technologies, what I can do to mitigate those risks and threats and vulnerabilities and etc. So imagine those controls are in place. I've got a firewall, I've got a WAF, I've got an IPS, I've got a, you know, different other technologies in place, and I'm happy about it. And right, so today I'm looking at efficiency. So when it comes to efficiency, then that, that means I've got the baseline security controls already implemented and it's running, right? So like I said in the in in, in my previously, uh, uh, so re- resilience cannot be achieved overnight within a day or two. It is a journey that you need to understand. Now, you need to look at a 360 degree view of your threat actors. How am I going to be attacked? Can I be dependent only on the technology? Is it gonna help me? Is it gonna help me? My firewall is gonna stop everything? Is my uh, IPS is gonna detect everything? Is my security operation, people are going to detect all my alerts? Will they be able to uh, identify any attack that is taking place? We don't know, right? Therefore, there are ifs and buts that comes, right? If somebody, if my security operation does not observe some of the alerts that comes into me, it could be a problem, right? So maybe it has alerted, but he has not looked at it timely manner, right? So therefore, what is going to happen is it is going to take more time to identify. So by the time he detects an attack, you are too late because it's going to be impacting a lot to the business. So therefore, what is important is baseline, we said that the technology is already in place, so we're going to do some sort of optimization of what is already there, right? That doesn't mean that we need to bring in new technologies as well. Things like we could think of some sort of, you know, what is most important thing here is generally in, in organizations, you keep buying technology one by one, one by one. Today, you meet a vendor, tomorrow, and the next month, next year, and over a period, you're going to have that hundreds of technologies in your company, right? So what happens is, and these, these technological tools does not talk to each other. If you don't talk to each other and share information within these technologies, then it is very hard for the detection part to, to be efficient. So, so therefore the technologies like so, security orchestration and automation and uh, response. It's what, what do you mean by that? It's basically bringing all the technologies together, connecting and integrating together, automating your response. Right, your detection mechanism. Because if I have got, let's say for example, I've got, got twenty odd tools that I have implemented, and I integrate with my uh, a common element. Let's say in this case, a so ar, right? Security orchestration and uh, automation and response, and then share intelligence between them. Then it's easy for somebody to, you know, correlate the alerts that is coming in. We know that what is happening across the enterprise and it's, it's faster you can detect if something happened, right? So that in, in other ways, you, you, you've you got SIMs in place, you've got an MDR in place, managed detection and response, and all that has been in place. Now, we're trying to bring everyone together and to and to sort of, you know, we're going to optimize what we have been doing, it, right? We're going to automate those mundane processes of, you know, uh, of your security analysts have been, you Know, keep on doing and a and day in and day out, and it's these are all very monotonous work. So, you kind of automate, right? So, you bring in lots of efficiency so that next time it happens within no time, they know what what has to happen, and then the detection is faster, and, and then triaging and the response become faster. So, there's automation on that now. Now, for, for the efficiency part of uh, uh, Todd, please jump in if there's anything that you, you need to enrich, uh, in this particular area because it's going to be a a uh, 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 a list of controls that we are talking about yeah right so I
1: think we could talk a long time about this mode yeah we'll, uh, continue on here okay. yeah
2: so so we're talking about the soul and the rest of the uh staff you know when it comes to technology right so now when we, we're talking about the soul because this is from a technological point of view right so implement these things now one has to understand now does implementing this technology can solve the problem alone? The answer is no, because it has to be done in a very holistic way, because there are tech, there, for example, you, Todd, could comment on that. You're talking about zero, uh, zero trust models, right? Zero, t- zero uh, uh, trust architecture models, wherein, you know, you don't entertain any implicit access, you know, so you don't trust anybody, but verify them, you know, so... Today's world is, I mean, organizations. Uh, those days we talk about perimeter controls, right? So we put perimeter controls, firewalls, two, three firewalls, and you know, try and protect everything within the organization. Today we have kind of gone beyond the the perimeters, right? We we look at different uh, service providers for the cloud operation and etc. So therefore, the, your 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 perimeter has been extended exponentially. So therefore. Your your thought process has to be different in this way in protecting your crown jewel, right? So we talked about technologies such as detection, response, protection, and recovery, and et cetera, et cetera, right? So you need to approach these elements when you talk about cyber resilience in a a very systematic way in terms of what are the technologies that you're going to use for identification, what you're going to use for the protection. What you use for the detection, response, recovery, and then only your your optimized part will come into play, right? So correction, fine tuning it. That's on on one side. On the other hand, today you and 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 you you would you would see in uh, you know time and time again people talk about cyber resilience in a different uh, uh, you know uh, uh, with with a different school of thought because cyber resilience when it comes to cyber resilience it is not only the duty of technology department it is also duty of everyone in the organization you got to have the right skill set of people you need to have the right awareness when something happens if i receive a phishing email what do i do as an example I mean, such a such a simple email can can create a huge havoc in the organization if you don't know what you should do about and how do you identify a phishing email, right even if you have clicked on it and you know you, you see some a uh, behavioral issue on your computer and where to inform them where to what do you sh- what you should do about it is to be known by everyone in the organization. Therefore, when it comes to cyber resilience, it is everyone's responsibility. Again, now, apart from this, you've got to also have a robust governance and risk and compliance a framework in place in the organization to manage all those elements that we talked about, right? It's not only about technology, it is about the processes, it is about people, it is about how I manage the risk, not only now, even continuous space. So. It is. It it has to be handled in a in a very methodical and a concise manner, so that it continues again and again, improve, you know, learn from mistakes, and then uh, uh, at some point you achieve that. I mean, it's the level is uh, the sky is the limit actually for cyber resilience. Uh, what do you say? I, I,
1: I think I think a lot of what you're talking about there, Mo, is uh, comes down to how do you measure it, metrics. How do you, you know, mean time to detect, mean time to recover.
2: Absolutely.
1: Um, how do you Absolutely. test these metrics? How do you understand even you know, where these metrics should sit? Um, how companies should think about this? Um, and there's a there's a lot of great literature and, and thoughts on on metrics for cybersecurity programs to be used. Um, but understanding what metrics are relevant to your management, understanding what metrics are relevant to your company, um, is is important. Um, and it's important how do you communicate those to executive management in order to um, to you know get your message across um but yeah so un- back to back to your point Yeah, it's, it's, so these, these things you do have to you do have to understand um how long it will take you to recover these things are basic um and and it's it's difficult and it's not going to be equal across your entire domain you're going to have um you're going to need to decide where you need to spend your effort uh what assets you need to be which are most critical i think mo mentioned the crown jewels you have to understand where those are and what do you what is Going to be vital to your business so you can build the extra controls needed for that part of the business uh, and you can put the safeguards in place or whatever you might maybe it's a technical solution maybe it's a human solution maybe it's something else but to understand how you're going to recover in that area is important so excellent cool
2: that's that's beautiful and, and thank you for bringing that up uh, uh todd because no program is successful without measuring it, right so that's how you learn from it yeah so you you might have you you might be complacent about what i'm doing and you know perhaps i may be the good uh you know a person or, or uh, I'm, I'm the best CEO. you know but, i mean there are people who think that way as well you know so at, at the end when something happens you're gone right so you it's the measuring is very important and learning from your your numbers will tell you a story and how effective mm-hmm. you are no
0: nope, fair enough That's cool
2: great. excellent excellent yeah
0: that's brilliant yeah thank you for that question mo so we'll now go back to todd with his second question which asks why is cyber resilience so important for companies so once again todd if you could provide some context around this question please
1: yeah i think um i think it's probably a repeat question i think we've covered this quite a bit uh as why it's so important uh but maybe we can talk about some talk about some stories and some current events that are happening um Why it's so important, you look at the the number one threat right now, technical threat uh, for companies is ransomware. Uh, So you need to understand how resilient you are to a ransomware attack. Uh, You need to understand uh, how long it's going to take you to recover. The average company takes uh, 15 days, 14, 15 days to recover their systems from a ransomware attack, but that's only the start of how much pain it's gonna cost the company, how much money it's gonna cost the company. Um, and that's just, I mean, that's a thats that's a good case scenario. I've seen companies experience much worse downtime because yeah. of that. Um, when you think about this from a ransomware attack, I mean, no company, if you were properly resilient and you had, you know, uh, not necessarily like backup, but even if you recover from backups, okay, from a ransomware attack, you're still gonna be down for a significant amount of time. Um, so these are questions to ask if, if you do get hit by a ransomware attack or some other type of attack. How long are you going to be down? Um, what can you put in place? What you know? What additional systems and budget can you put in place? And and how that's going to look? All of these things are things that you should be thinking about um, for these types. You back when I was talking about cyber warfare, here's another one uh, that's going to be coming around the corner. It, every every sign, at least I'm seeing, says the odds of it happening gets worse. <laughs> it gets you know. The odds of this happening, you know, it just increases um, as we, that everything gets escalated, and you're seeing signs that with the U.S. airline websites getting getting brought down by Russian hackers uh, a day or two ago, uh, mm-hmm. you're seeing other signs in Australia, telecom getting attacked by what they think were some Russian hackers. Um, so, depending on your industry, I don't think any industry is going to be immune because there's a very good chance that whatever they leash is unleashed could just have a a mass impact similar to you saw um, to, uh, I think, Nonpetia and other other types of um, attacks happening. So you could be quickly out of control and quickly impacting companies that weren't even the original target. So I wouldn't necessarily look at your industry and say, I'm not going to be targeted because I'm a I don't know a retail store somewhere or a retail chain. Well, you know what? There's some attacks that that just won't won't stop and won't won't it w- won't matter and you will be impacted by that. Um and another thing I'm going to say on that is many of these attacks, successful ones, are from companies just simply not doing the basics, right? Okay? Still <laughs> I can the numbers are shocking, you know, how many vulnerabilities are discoverable on on the web. How many vulnerabilities, I mean, how many unpatched systems there are. It just goes on and on. So the hackers don't, the criminals don't need to be rocket scientists to take advantage of this. uh, Because a huge, huge amount of companies can't even get the basics done right. And this over and over again, it just makes it too easy for attackers to go after them. So some ideas to think about. I'm going to hand it over you, Mo. I'm sure you've got some insight on that as well. Yeah, I
2: mean, it's, 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 it's. It's pretty, you know, to see that, uh, you know, why still some of the organizations are careless about uh, uh, cyber resilience, because uh, they don't know, you know, uh, and, and you like you said, the numbers say that story, you know. Uh, it, I, I've recently, I've bumped into a research paper by uh, a report by IBM, and you talk about 83% of organizations had more than one data breach, you know, so uh, it, it is... I mean, just because it has not happened to me doesn't mean that it will never happen to me, you know? So a smart businessman Will always focus on uh, data breaches, you know, because today when you are serving the customer, and then you're you're obliged by law as well, right? You can't be just ignoring that fact that uh, you know it will not happen to you, and then it happens to you, and then you might even go out of business. <laughs>
1: That's, that. Well, I will I will say, you, you know what? It's always amazing how the security budgets go up after an attack.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, and it's it's post facto, isn't it? It's post facto, and then. Uh, uh, this this is exactly you know it, it 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 doesn't mean that they they can't afford to have a, a, you know good control but still uh, the priorities are not right that's what is important you need to you need to understand the priorities when you are dealing with customers uh, and especially when you're depending on technology that's going to serve you your, your customers right that means you got to yep. do the right thing at the right point and if you're late you could be late forever so and, and i yeah. have seen i have seen companies you know they struggle at the last minute that uh, uh they tell you you know this has happened to us and you know we've lost uh, uh, so much of customer information and we don't know what to do can you help us you know they i mean at that moment you have limited options available with you that's why we, we talk about when when with, with my clients as well and also in the past we've, in in the organization that we worked, we always work on a proactive basis that's what is important you know as an example uh, that's that's uh, i think that's that's quite valid for this with this talk in the past i was uh, like i mentioned that uh, being a CISO and a company where we've been uh, and i've been responsible for the business continuity planning and et cetera, been, doing a lot of work for the crisis management, et cetera. At that moment, uh, we worked on you know, uh, uh, pandemic preparation. <clears throat> I mean, there's no way in the horizon uh, that people talked about COVID. This was about 10 years ago, about 10, 12 years ago. Nobody talked about COVID as some you know, pandemic that happens. But then we know that as risk management professionals, we know that that is a, a risk that could perhaps come. The likelihood perhaps it ca- keeps changing. We did some work you know, with regard to how do you assess uh, the preparation with regard to a pandemic. We did a lot of work and people used to comment, what are you guys doing? You know, what is pandemic? It never happened to us in the, in, in uh, for the for, for the last 50 years or 100 years time, right? But as professionals, we did what is right for that moment, right? When the COVID strike, we are 10 years late. And that particular organization was well set for when it comes to certain situations, such as a pandemic. They had the business continuity plans integrated with all the cyber and the technology and the disaster recovery elements and they are good to go for that right so it is important that you know to work proactively not being complacent about it, it doesn't happen to us mm-hmm. And you know and this is uh, this is a, a good practice for a businessman and if he's a smart businessman He's gonna focus on cybersecurity.
1: No, fair enough. The, definitely. Yeah, so we could we could continue on this discussion. I think for for quite some some time. <laughs> um, is,
2: for sure. <laughs> <is>. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you for that question, Todd. And we'll end with Mo's second question, which mm-hmm. is weaknesses in the current practices of cyber resilience. So, Mo, if you can give context to this question, again, Right.
2: So, so a lot of facts we we've, we've been talking now, right? We talked about technological elements, we talked about process elements, automation, and etc. And etc. The cap, I'll I'll straight away come down to the gap today that we have. Although it is it is the the. Uh, uh, uh the prudent practice is to integrate everything that we have as an organization, but still many organizations work in silo, right? Their IT department work in silo, and information security department, they've got some of their stuff within their arsenal. They work in silo, and the risk management department works in silo. And the business continuity team is separate. One or two times they come together, and the people doesn't understand what are the connection between these two, these all these elements. At the end of the day, one find the CEO is going to be questioned, what is our next move, and he's going to pinpoint, okay, what's our next move. Next one, go- people are going to wander around. And this is what is happening. So they are not being orchestrated. They are not being connected with each other yet. It is important all these elements needs to come together as one when it comes to. Response, which is there are some organizations I see that are happening, but many, are, I would say about 80% have not been integrated at this point in time. The flip side is when it comes to a situation where you need to respond as a crisis, it is going to take a hell of a lot of time to identify, like Todd mentioned, where are these controls? Oh, we got these contact numbers of the business continuity. Where is the business continuity plan? Oh, this is in that building. Okay, oh, we don't have it. Can you get that? Everything is going to take time. Crisis does not wait for that time, and what is going to happen is, at the end of the day, the customers are going to suffer. My service is down. So, am I resilient? I'm not. Resilient. So that's a that's that's a huge issue in 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 the current resiliency uh, when it comes to practicing resilience. Now, the second issue is cyber resilience is not about information security department or the IT department. It is about the whole organization. Like we we touch based on that, right? Today we try we we see a lot of moves. People are talking about this particular topic of it is not only one, it is about the whole organization is responsible for cyber resilience, right? Anytime, any moment you see any abnormalities in the network, in your laptop, while you're working from home, while on the run, while you have meetings, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and you should know what you should do about where you should report about it. If you don't know, you need to you should know where to contact and ask the details for that. So that you got some responsibility. So therefore, as organization, you need to also upskill the users, end use, right? We, we should not talk about no, this is cyber resilience, it is about technology, geeks, right? So this is nothing to do with us. No, that time has passed, right? It is everyone's responsibility. It is not about only just one. Once a year, you conduct a security awareness. I'm done with. Right, just a tick in a box. That's not going to help in the future, right? So you got to create the right, you know, awareness and keep checking them. Like Todd mentioned, you got to come up with a lot of measuring, uh, you know, steps to to understand what is my user community skill sets. What do they know about? You? Do they know how to request? How do they know how to react to situations if I come across? So what do you do, right? So you got to do a lot of testing and exercises. For example, you got to some simulations of, let's say, you take taken a situation of a cyber attack situation, right? you got incident management plans. you got one side, the disaster recovery plans. On the other hand, you you got BCP plan, business continuity plan, and got a crisis management plan. Now, I've got everything integrated. Everything is done, but I have not been practicing. When something happens to the organization, I don't know. I have not experienced. All what I know is everything is documented. That is of no use. So that means you got to practice whatever you have integrated, right? So that means you take a situation of a cyber cybersecurity event or an attack and, and simulate that you might perhaps do some tabletop exercise, right? To, to to see that everything is in place, the documentation front. And then you could do a lot of rehearsals and stress tests. You could do you know business continuity plan tests, right? Tabletop, crisis management simulation, right? And then red team, blue team, and purple team exercises to understand that somebody can attack, somebody can defend and the information security can see that how well this is happening and learning from uh, you know the okay. mistakes and incorporating the changes. So what I'm trying to say is that the time has passed the current era is that we as an organization in order to be resilient, you need to give that responsibility to every user. They should they should understand that should be part of their the roles and responsibilities, right? So, I mean, of course, for example, an operator in a in a bank, he's gonna he does the operations work, right? So he's gonna let's say, for example, he he does uh, some sort of a mundane job of doing you know X Y Z daily. I mean, of course, it's not his full time job, but then he is also as long as he's working in the computer, he has set of responsibility that is imparted on him to practice. So therefore, cyber resilience is also a responsibility of everyone. So this this area is evolving now, not when you are doing it, but it's happening now. People have realized that because uh, in the past, there are attacks emanated because of a weakness of a user, right? And the breach has, uh, yep. uh, you know, so uh, just jump in. Yeah, uh, Todd, you, you have No,
1: I, I, I know that those, those are excellent points. I know we're, we're getting close to running out of time here. I will say that any company listening to this, um, there are some great outside firms that can help you think this through. Uh, anywhere from incidents response companies to who uh, can really help you strategize a plan. If you if you don't know how to do this, I suggest you reach out to one of these firms um, and and really engage them so they can use their experience to kind of guide you in the right
2: direction to set this up. Absolutely, absolutely. Well,
1: yeah, so that's kind of a yeah. That's that's what I have to say. Excellent points, Mo. So yeah,
2: I mean, yeah, yeah. it's 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 an area where you could keep on talking because it's a huge. <laughs> you're talking about the entire risk management. Uh, you know, uh, uh, what do you call the paradigm over here, right? Yep. <laughs> technology. You're talking about threats, technology, process, and uh, bringing everyone together and responding to it. And that is that. Too, that's in, right. You know, you, know, you respond faster.
0: We will definitely have a longer conversation about this another time. Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, at least I think we did a good job covering most of the facets around this infinite space of uh, cyber resilience. So really good insights. Hopefully you've all enjoyed today's conversation. I'd like to thank both of you for joining me today outside of your busy schedules to come together and have a great conversation around such an important topic for, for most businesses as they look to grow. We'll leave it there for now. This has been the Evolution Exchange Podcast. Thank
1: you for listening.